0: your bibles we do bring our bibles to church don't we i turn to psalm chapter 50 Yeah, you know, there's a lot of things that are <clears throat> spoken in churches, and, and, and some things are steered away from. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we know that God is a God of love. God is love, and love comes from Him. But we know God is just, God is a God of justice and And sometimes you think, well, how do those two marry up, and they marry up in in, in Jesus Christ? We know that because <laughs> because he loved, he took the um, he took the punishment, he took the penalty. But God is just. Nothing escapes him and I just want to read Psalm 50. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 6 for a start. The Mighty One, God the Lord, has spoken and called the earth from the rising of the sun to its going down. Out of Zion, the perfection of beauty, God will shine. (laughs) That's prophetic of what God is going to do. In the production, and he is producing his church. Out of Zion, God will shine. (laughs) Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. (laughs) A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous. All around him. Good word, tempestuous. (laughs) A tempest. Ever been in a storm? Ever been near a a significant fire? It's scary. (laughs) He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Gather my saints together to me those who have made a covenant with me by sacrifice let the heavens declare his righteousness for God himself is judge now you read that and you think is 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 God going to is God going to is God going to judge is God going to judge us God is the judge and he will judge righteously let me read that from the passion translation from verse three With the rumble of thunder he approaches. He will not be silent, for he comes with an ear-splitting sound. All around him are furious flames of fire, and preceding him is the dazzling blaze of his glory. Verse 4. Here he comes to judge his people. He summons his court with heaven and earth as his jury, saying, Gather all my devoted lovers. (laughs) My godly ones, whose hearts are one with me, those who have entered into my holy covenant by altar upon the sacrifices, and the heavens declare His justice. God Himself will be their judge, and He will judge them with righteousness. <clears throat> it's not something that I, I believe is, is spoken a lot about in um, in church. <laughs> that God is perfecting his people. God is perfecting his people. Now, are there any instances in the New Testament where this says this? Absolutely. First Peter 4.17 says, For the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, what will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? There's something that God is producing in us. 2 Corinthians 5.10, Paul writes, For we must all, we, talking about believers, all, everybody, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, for each one... May re- so that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. God is the righteous judge. Is that something to be af- af- afraid of? No. God will judge righteously. He is the righteous judge. There is a... <clears throat> There is a perfecting work that God is doing within us, and this is part of it. And, and I, I really believe that, that um, some things that happen in the, in the body of Christ in the church world are indicative of a lack of the reverence and awe of who God is, the fear of God. So we see a picture here that that God's bringing all these people together and he's going to sort some things because that's what he does. And when God sorts, the result is good. The result is good. So from verse... I'll read out of the Passion again. Verse 7, listen to me, O my people, listen well, for I am God. I am bringing you to trial, and here are my charges. I do not rebuke you for your sacrifices, which you continually bring to my altar. So there was the, 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 the sacrifices that were brought in the Old Testament. They weren't the people's idea. It was something that God instituted. He said, This is what you will do. This is what you will offer. This is when you will offer. And that's what they did. They brought their offerings. So God's saying, I'm not not rebuking you for bringing the offerings that I've told you to bring because it was established by God. But verse 9 Do I need your young bulls or goats from your fields as if I were hungry? Every animal of field and forest belongs to me, the Creator. I know every movement of the birds in the sky and every animal of the field is in my thoughts. The entire world and everything in it that it contains is mine. If I were hungry, do you think I would tell you? For all that I have created, the fullness of the earth, is mine. Am I fed by your sacrifices? Of course not. Why don't you bring me the sacrifices I desire? So from verse 8 to 13, the sacrifices put into perspective. The sacrifices that they brought were put into perspective. Sacrifice was established by God. He didn't need their animals, their silver, their gold or anything else. The spiritual aspect of sacrifice was acknowledgement of God's power to provide, which in turn unlocked His power to provide. I'll read that again. The spiritual aspect of sacrifice was acknowledgement of God's power to provide, which in turned, turn turned unlocked. His power to provide. In Deuteronomy um, chapter 8, it's it's a it's a time when the the children of Israel were just about to come into the to the promised land. They had been fed by manna, by God, in the wilderness. And there's a God's God's speaking to them at this time and saying When you come into the land which I'm providing for you, when you come in and everything's good, don't forget where everything came from. If everything's going well, don't forget where everything has come from. And Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, it says, God says, I give you the power to gain wealth. It's an acknowledgement. It's an acknowledgement in our lives that everything that we have is his, we're stewards, and he gives us the power to be able to gain wealth. Glory to God. So the practical use, there was a practical use. In the Old Testament, there was a practical use of sacrifice. It, it wasn't, you know wasn't wasted (laughs) nothing wasted the practical use of sacrifice their tithes their offerings were exactly that they were practical feeding the priests and anything that required finance to operate that's the way God set it up it was a practical application in our world today in in our church world today our offering our tithes our whatever we give is a practical application for those things but the main thing is the spiritual unlocking of what god says is available and that's we know the the sowing and reaping it's spiritual laws but from verse 14 this really is a kicker He says, why don't you bring me the the sacrifices I desire? This is God speaking. Why don't you bring me the sacrifices I desire? Bring me your true and sincere thanks. And show your gratitude by keeping your promises to me the most high. Honor me by trusting me in your day of trouble cry aloud to me and i will be there to rescue you <laughs> true sacrifice what's true sacrifice trust trust how do we how do we how do we trust god in a practical sense how do we trust him in a very very practical sense we honor the lord by trusting him now for me My earlier in this, it talked about my covenant people. My tithe is a covenant connection with my God. (laughs) It has been for for decades, and you can look back um, in Genesis chapter fifteen if you're taking notes. Have a look, see about Abraham and Melchizedek. Abram, as he was then, he defeated the kings. He had a. had a great amount of of um of spoil all the all the goodies that he was bringing back and the priest of the most high god is how melchizedek is described came out to meet him and abram gave him a tenth of all this is this is hundreds of years before the law so it was it it was it it established it was enshrined in the law but this is before the law. And Abram was the one who had faith, the one who believed God. That's that. Um, the most significant aspect of our trust, though, is our every day in what we do with our money. That's where our trust is. You know, We can say, oh, I trust you, God. But if you read James... Read through the book of James, it says faith without works is dead. There's actually is a a step of faith, there is actually a work. You know, you show me your faith without works and I'll show you my faith by my works. (laughs) There's actually a stepping out, there's actually something to do. And that's what our, our offering is about. It is about showing our trust in God. That what he says he will do when we do is what we believe. And in doing that, we enable him to do what he says he will do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not about, you know, in this, in this, um, in this chapter, it's not about going through a, a a ritual. It's not about going through, oh, this is just what we do. It's not about that. It's about putting faith with what we do. So the result is an act of our faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Actually, I would encourage you to continue reading um, Psalm 50 because uh, there's another half of that, but we'll leave it, we'll leave it there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Um, so we have our uh, tithes and offerings post box up there next to the communion cups and um, details online if you give that way let's pray Heavenly Father Lord we thank you for your promises all your promises for us are yes and amen and Lord you're looking for a response from us from our heart Lord from our heart toward you and lord as our as our actions uh show what we have in our heart lord your response is to unlock all that you have and you have it all so father we're just asking for for a blessing on uh on any gift given and uh and father put it within our heart lord just open our heart, Lord, to trust you in all that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
1: Holy Spirit, I need your help, oh, Lord Jesus. <laughs> I don't understand why you do this to me when I'm going to preach. Goodness me, I um, I am so messed up this morning. Oh. I, I I I my goodness, I thought I I thought I. Um, I thought I had an idea how things were going to go this morning, but now I haven't got a clue. Um, I, I, um, I guess I, um, I. I I think I got a bit messed up when Caleb shared a vision with me the other day and I, I was just trying to talk with him a little bit about it before church and I, I couldn't do it because it just messes me up so much. But it was, it was, it was, um, it was about angels and uh, what's happening in this city right now. And I can't, I can't, I, I, oh, I can't share it what I'm feeling I like I just can't do it but 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 just just be aware that there's a lot of god stuff going on right now um that's that's all I can really say that there's a lot of god stuff going on and I don't know how I'm going to cope with if, if it gets much much um much um Oh, I, I, I really, I really oh, this, this, is, this is really, really difficult and I don't, I don't really understand why the presence of God is, it, it just overwhelms me so much when I need to preach because it's really difficult and, and people don't understand. People, people don't understand. I mean, yeah, how can you? This looks wacko. When the preacher can't pull it himself together. But um, if if you understand the the power of the presence of God, and and when the presence of God comes, oh, see, see, John, I there there. there there are certain, certain um, areas of scripture that are, are so real to me that I feel the presence of God so strong when I even start reading them. And it's, it's, it's more difficult when I do it in public. I, I, can, I can do it when I'm by myself, just me and Jesus. We hang out and we, we have a good time. But boy, when, I, when I get into a, a, a corporate gathering, Sometimes the presence of God just gets so strong that I, I can't I can't minister the way I think I should. So I d um, oh, I, I, I don't know I don't know um, just what the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning, but I, I want you to understand that the presence of God is the priority in this house. And, and if you don't understand the the reality of the presence of God you will just hang around because it'll get on you it, it's, 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 it's 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 and and I, I, I don't I don't know I don't know I, I I guess what might have triggered a bit this morning I've, I I was praying in the prayer meeting that the the pre- pre- presence of God would would just fill the house this morning. Well, go ahead and fill the house, Lord, but leave me alone. Just, just, just let me be able to function. But you see, um, I, 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 I value the the. The indwelling presence of God so much, and that—that's what I'm, I'm hoping I can share a little bit about it. this morning. I—I—I I, I, um, I was going to um, share a little bit in my mind about about the the, the reality of the, the resurrection, and and what what does, I mean, this is this is known as Resurrection Sunday. What does that mean to you? What what, is, what does it mean? <laughs> For some, it just means chocolate, and that's good. <laughs> but uh, there's a lot, lot, lot more more to it than that. But <laughs> chocolate's good. Oh, I like chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> but see, the, the the presence of God is overwhelming. And maybe you're going to have to have to get overwhelmed so you' understand what I'm feeling. And I, I said to God once, well I don't mind if you want to use me as your demonstration, but boy, it's hard when when you, you've got to preach. It feels like there's an earthquake going on in me oh. <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's really difficult because, I don't want to be known as the wacko preacher, the the weird one. But I said to the Lord, "Okay, I don't care. Whatever you want to do, I am yours. You can do whatever you want to do." So sometimes it 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 is it is it is. um, Difficult to minister under the anointing, but I I was going to say to you when, when, when. um, hmm, Goodness me! When, see, the, the Holy Spirit just said to me that it's like. It's like the dedication of the temple. When Solomon's temple was dedicated, the priests were not able to minister. When you, when you are dedicated, now you might have been dedicated as a baby. <laughs> But this is a different. This is this is when you actually make the decision. I'm I'm I'm, I'm in. I'm I'm in. I'm in boots and all. I'm dedicated. I'm am I'm just I'm just so in. I'm in. And, and God's looking for people who want to be in. In Him, the Bible's full of scriptures. In Christ, in Him in Christ Jesus. Do you know what it means to be in him? It means to be out of yourself. Get, get out of yourself. Or get self out. See, when, when, when self is out, and that's what the Holy Spirit, he wants, he wants, he wants to so much dwell in and, and fill that he, he just moves everything of self out. But that's what we have to be so so dedicated so yes lord i'm prepared to allow you to to absolutely fill and f- fill and f- you know what it says to f- to fill and flood to be, to be to be to be a body holy holy it says holy, W-H, but it's also holiness because he is the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit has you in holiness, then you're going to find out what it is to, to experience the indwelling, the dwelling of the Holy Spirit. See, that's a permanency. Dwelling is a permanency. You can be in a house, out of a house. You can be visiting, but when you're dwelling, it's different there's something about the, the personal indwelling experience of the Holy Spirit. When you understand the indwelling, yeah. dwelling in every part of me, dwelling in my thoughts, dwelling in my, my emotions, dwelling in my, my experience. Do I, see, God wants these people to know what it is to have experiential knowledge. And yeah. this is an experience. And I know a lot of people say, well, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want that experience. <laughs> Freaky. Yeah, okay, well, have your own. If you don't like mine, have your own. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And then we'll see what happens. We'll compare. Ha- we'll ha- we'll, 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 we'll compare. We'll, we'll see who has a different sort of dwelling. Okay, he, he dwells, and, and when he dwells, he does what he wants to do. Make yourself at home, Holy Spirit. You know? You know when someone's making themselves at home, they go to your fridge. That's when you know they're taking liberties. Feel free to do whatever you like, but don't touch my fridge. That's too personal. How much are you prepared to allow the Holy Spirit to have freedom to do in you whatever he flippin wants to do? (laughs) Are you prepared to allow him to intoxicate and inebriate, fill you to overflowing... We are pickled in him. See, transformed, it's pickled. Yeah. Transformed is pickled. You look at the little onion. Totally different to a pickled onion. Yeah. A pickled onion is different to an onion you pull out of the ground. It's been absolutely soaked, inebriated. It changes completely. It's transformed into something else. God wants you to be soaked and saturated, absolutely inebriated. and you know you know what's so what's so funny about a drunk he doesn't care he just doesn't give a rip but other people feel real uncomfortable around him and I can spot people that are uncomfortable right now. Oh, I don't know what I'd do if God did that to me. I'm not like that. You know, we, we know Jeff's a little bit flaky, but no, I'm not like that. I'm, I'm, I'm more mature. I'm more developed than God. Yeah. I hope God gets you and rips you to pieces. And, Shows you who's the boss. (laughs) Boss man. Yes, boss man. Whatever you want. You can get me up at three o'clock in the morning. I don't mind at all. I'm starting to quite enjoy my three o'clock coffee with Jesus. I really am. It's like, okay, Lord, I don't mind getting up and having coffee with you. It's just, it's some of the most. Amazing experiences to have one-on-one with Jesus. I was going to talk. I might, I might have a go. It's the time to finish it. Oh, why don't you have a nice Easter service? Yeah, the pastor was absolutely pickled. Oh, we don't have a pastor like that. <laughs> Not many do. Not many do. Then I'm not a pastor and I. I knew I didn't fit the mould. I just want to preach Christ. And Paul said, What do we do? We we demonstrate. What's the power of God released in you going to do through you? Are you prepared to allow the Holy Spirit to do whatever he wants to do? Whatever. So you don't get to choose the way the Holy Spirit is going to operate. You get to enjoy the presence of the Holy Spirit. When you begin to understand the one-on-one with Jesus, that's when you begin to understand what it is to be fully satisfied in him. Fully satisfied in him. Not looking for something else to fill the void in my heart. I'm fully satisfied in him. I want to read a verse this morning in, um, I'll try, Colossians. Um, this, this verse is one of those scriptures that, that sort of hovers, That's interesting because, do you know when, when the earth was void and darkness was on the face of the deep and there was confusion, what did the Holy Spirit do? Hover. And the Holy Spirit wants to hover over the Word. So when you read the Word, ask the Holy Spirit to hover on that word. Open up that word. Show me... Show me that word, Lord. Help me to understand what you're saying so that I can experience that new heavenly reality. Father, I'm born again. I'm your child. I want to experience those heavenly realities because I'm seated with you in the heavenly realm. So why not share the glory? Why not share my glory, says the Lord? Why not share in what I've provided for you? Allow me to open the eyes of your understanding so heaven's realities become your reality. When the Holy Spirit begins to hover over the word, wow, Um, Colossians 3, Passion Translation, verse 1, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. What a verse. This is Resurrection Sunday. Christ's resurrection. What does Christ's resurrection mean to you? What does that mean to you? That Jesus rose from the dead by the glory of the Father, Scripture says. The glory of the Father, the power released in that glory, rose Christ from the dead. Jesus was dead. The body was dead. But the glory of the Father came into that body, brought in that resurrection power of the Father and he walked in the realms of the spirit and that spirit realm enabled him to walk through the material. He had a body that was able to walk through the material. He was greater. See, that spiritual body is greater than the natural. So it's not confined. It's not restricted. It's able to do things in the realms of the spirit because it's a spiritual body and God wants us to to be a spiritual body. He wants us to understand the realms of the glory of God that are available to us because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above, for that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power, honour and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities. Here it is. And not with the distractions of the natural realm. How often do we get distracted by the natural realm? (laughs) The little distractions of the enemy trying to pull us out of the glory realm. There's no comparison. There is no comparison. But we have to hunger and yearn. What did it say here? Hungering and yearning for the glory realm that's available now. Fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with the distractions of the natural realm. Your crucifixion with Christ has severed the tide of this life. And now your true life is hidden away in God in Christ. There's it. In Christ. Christ. You've just seen what in Christ is like. In Christ and as Christ himself is seeing for who he really is, who you really are will also be revealed for you are now one with him in his glory. Right now. You have available the realms of the glory of God through the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and that resurrection power is going to become a heavenly reality in your experience if you hunger and thirst for righteousness and say, Lord, I'm all yours. You can have me 24-7. I am totally yielded whenever, whatever, however. Just do whatever but do what you want to do in and through me. I want your presence, Lord. Lord, come by the power of your Holy Spirit right now. Reveal your presence to your people. Cause such a hunger to come into the hearts of your people that that heavenly reality becomes a dwelling experience, Lord, where we too become one with you. (laughs) one with you. Then it goes on to say about living as one who's died to all impurity, live as one who's died to disease, Live as one who's died to the things that you shouldn't be bothering about because they're all distractions that are trying to get you away from what the reality is in your experience in the heavenly realm. God wants you to walk in the spirit. He wants you to be available to walk into a realm that is supernatural, that's not confined by the natural things that are so overwhelming to so many people but God wants to be the overwhelming one. He wants to be the one who's released by the power of the resurrection so you too know what it is to walk in the fullness of what Christ delivered for you. Do you know what hell he went through to get you into the place of heaven? He did it for you. How much do we appreciate what he has done? It it, it literally brings me to tears when I start reading the scriptures about what he went through at Calvary. I find it so difficult to read those scriptures. It pulls on my heart because I, 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 I I don't know how anybody could do that for people who hate him. But that's the love of God. That's what God wants to release in us because that's what's going to touch the world. That love, that demonstration, that power of love, that realm of love that we have no clue about because we're limited to the natural distractions. I think I can preach now. Wow. Wow. Um, the scriptures, the scriptures in yeah, now it's time to finish. Great. If you if you if you if you if you if you spend a little bit of time reading in um, Romans chapter six, you begin to understand that who we were is no longer who we are, and what we were is no longer who we think we are still because we get a revelation of the book of Romans and what Jesus did for us and the power of the resurrection and that, that new birth. But see, there has to be a commitment to that. There has to be a receiving of that. There has to be what I've been trying to get across, the embracing the scripture where I say, thank you, Lord. I embrace that gift of righteousness. I embrace that gift of love. I embrace that resurrection so that I too can experience the glory realm that you've walked in, that you've provided, that you've shown us as available. If your faith will connect with the word of God and release that power, of faith and walk in the spirit of faith, the spirit of faith will bring about such resurrection in your being. You'll think why was I ever worried about any of those thoughts that I had about this body because I know I've got the Holy Spirit, the spirit of Christ the same spirit who raised Christ and there dwelling in this vessel and the power of God is going to be released in such a way we're going to walk in the newness of life the newness of life that it talks about in Romans. It talks about being co-buried. And this is talking about the the experience of of water baptism and what we do, but the reality of it, it's a spiritual thing and we're co-buried, co-resurrected so that we could be empowered to walk in the freshness of new life. And that new life is the God kind of life, the Zoe life of God, the power of God released in a physical body, empowering them by the Holy Ghost to walk in the power of the spirit the resurrection power of God that's what the resurrection is really all about God's people are giving a revelation of the power of God in a natural physical body walking in the spirit that's empowered by the Holy Ghost walking in the realms of the glory where the devil is freaked out by God's people walking in the spirit Let's go to John 16 for a moment. I'm reading from the Passion Bible again. John 16. It's it's, it, it, it's almost like um what 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 what, 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 what were boy it, it gets tough sometimes. We won't even try to go there. So some things I I, 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 I I can't talk about. I really can't. I, I, I can't. I, I just can't. Anyway. Better stick with what I can. 16, verse 12. Now, I want you to to, to picture yourself sitting in the presence of... <clears throat> Jesus. So, <clears throat> see, 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 when 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 I when I when I when I begin to to actually envisage, to picture, to place myself in that spot with Jesus, um, picture yourself in, 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 in his presence right now. I'm with Jesus, all right? I I am with Jesus. He's talking to me. 16 verse 12 says, There is so much more. I would like to say to you, but it's more than you can grasp at the moment. This is the disciples who had spent three years with the Son of God, with the Word made flesh, so that they could become just like Jesus. And he says, there's so much more that I want to share with you, but you can't handle it yet. Oh, yeah, come on, Jesus, we can handle it. How much can you handle? How much of the glory can you handle? The 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 the, the, no, don't go there. There is so much more I'd like to say to you, but it's more than you can grasp at the moment. But when the. When the truth, truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every reality. He'll unveil every reality of truth within you. See, the, tru- the truth within you, the reality of the truth within you is Christ, the risen Savior, available in all his fullness if you allow him to dwell, if you allow him to have a free access to your fridge, He's just letting get very personal. Are there are there areas where say, Lord? I don't want you to go there. I've got to clean that up before I can let you there. Huh. That's what he's there for. That's what the Holy Spirit's there for. He wants to clean up everything. He just want, and you see, you see, it's it's really it's really simple for him. He just moves in with the light, and the darkness goes. That's all it takes. It just takes the light to go on in your bedroom and the darkness is gone. Where'd the darkness go? Dunno. Overpowered by the light. When the Spirit comes, He'll unveil the reality of every truth within you because He is the Spirit of truth. He's the Spirit of the holy truth, all the truth. He won't speak on his own, but only what he hears from the Father. And he'll reveal prophetically to you what is to come. He will glorify me on the earth, for he will receive from me what is mine and reveal it To you, everything that belongs to the Father belongs to me. That's why I say that the divine encourager will receive what is mine and reveal it to you. This is the power of the resurrected Saviour Releasing the reality of the Holy Spirit's life. Everything that is of the Father given to the Son, received in us through the power of the Holy Spirit and released. He wants to release the glory that's resident in you. Are you willing to be a conduit? Are you willing to be a vessel that the glory can be seen in and seen through? What does that mean? Well, it'll be different things for different people. Not everyone's going to be affected the way I get affected. But I hope you do. (laughs) I really do. I really hope you get the... Don't go there... Soon you won't see me any longer, but then after a little while you will, you'll see me in a new way. Those words stuck with me. The Holy Spirit just been hovering over that scripture in my heart. You will see me in a new way. I have new ways, I have new things, I have new experiences, I have new things for you, I have new things I want to show you. Every day, a new way. Jesus, the Word, made flesh. He is the Word, and as we spend time in the Word, the Holy Spirit can show us Jesus in a new way, the Word in a new way through the hovering of the Holy Spirit, hovering over, hovering over. Can you see the change that went across? The earth was void. The earth was in confusion. The earth was in darkness. The world was in chaotic state, and the Holy Spirit hovered over it and then everything began to change. You want the power of the hoverer to begin to change everything within that's not of him that's been affected by sin and he will purify, he will purge, he will cleanse through the resurrection power of the Holy Spirit and he's producing holiness, a holiness and a reverence before God that we can walk in the realms of the Spirit and Reveal the glory of God, we preach Christ, we reveal Christ, it's Christ and Christ alone, and that's what Paul said, I preach Christ and him crucified, and that's the message of the resurrection power that's been received by every Christian who has said, yes Lord, come into my heart, I receive you as my resurrected Lord and Saviour, and now I can walk in the power of the glory because it's been made available, because you're seated in glory and when I get in the realms of the spirit I'm in the glory realm and I'm seated right with you and you can have time with Jesus one on one and receive the whole package because you say Lord come and dwell come and dwell I open my heart, Lord. Come and dwell in every area, in every way, every day. By the power of your Spirit, come, Lord. I want more of you. I, I want, and that—that—that's. I don't know where I said it, but that's the, that's that's it. That's where. That's where I messed myself up, praying in the prayer meeting, praying that the presence of God would come in power, that the presence of God would come in the miraculous. See, this is what I want in the house. I want to see the miraculous come just through the word, just the spoken word. Demons will flee and the power of God will be released and the presence of God will bring that healing, that restoration. We need the presence of God more than anything else. Everything else in the natural is a distraction from what God. God wants us to be walking in, and then we'll be empowered by the anointing, by the resurrection power, and we can walk in the realms of the Spirit in a supernatural way. And when the opposition comes, fill so we flip to the opposition. Can you get a hold of it? Jesus was not affected. He wasn't concerned by by anything the enemy was doing. He never reacted to the enemy. He always was one step ahead because God showed him what was coming and he knew and he was prepared and nothing came as a surprise to him. Look, I, I have so many things I would like to share with you but you cannot bear them now. (laughs) Holy Spirit, there's one thing we want to get out of this morning. It's that we want more of you. We just want to understand more of your hovering ways. So come, Holy Spirit, we invite you to come and hover and hover. Just begin to hover and saturate. Turn us from that that raw thing that we've been plucked out of the ground and turn us into that, that vessel that's been permeated, that's been absolutely saturated in you. We want to be transformed by the power of the resurrected Christ to walk in the newness of life and to receive all that you have for us, Father. So we yield our hearts right now and we ask you to come by the power of your presence and renew and restore, bring that revelation, when when that revelation comes and we begin to see you as you truly are, we too will walk in that power of the resurrected Saviour and we thank you, Lord, that we too can walk in all that you've provided by the willing, yielded heart of loving you. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God.
2: We're going to have communion, so if you don't have some elements, grab them. Caleb, can you grab some for me, please? So. During the week, I was reading something online and it had me thinking over it most of the weekend. And um, I just want to read it out to you. And it's talking about um, Jesus being on the cross. And it's, he says, how does the thief on the cross fit into your theology? There was no baptism No communion, no confirmation, no speaking in tongues, no missions trips, no volunteerism, no financial gifts, no church clothes. He didn't even bend his knees to pray. He didn't say the sinner's prayer. He didn't, and among other things, he was a thief. Jesus didn't take away his pain. He didn't heal his body um all smite the scoffers yet it was the thief who walked into paradise the same hour as jesus by simply believing and um i'll i'll read the next verse as well he, he said it had nothing he had nothing more to offer than his belief that jesus was who he said he was there was no spin from a brilliant theologian, no ego, no arrogance, no shiny lights, skinny jeans and crafty words, no fog machines, no doughnuts and no coffee machines. Just a naked dying man on a cross, unable to even fold his hands to pray. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whomsoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Strips everything away, doesn't it? <laughs> There's nothing left. I was um I was thinking about that over the weekend. And um, you know, we look at the cross or people look at the cross and think it's finished. That's it. But it's actually the beginning. And that that thief on the cross, he actually didn't get to physically experience what we have the privilege of experiencing. Sure, he ends up in the same place. But, um, you know, you hear often, and even, even with my own dad, you hear of people at the last minute of their earthly life deciding all of a sudden that this Jesus might be a good thing ticket to heaven's pretty good and you know make decisions right at the end of their life but actually it's meant to be the beginning of the story and it's meant to be the beginning of our understanding and the beginning of what jeff was saying actually walking in encounters with him and um and sometimes i think we can um you know if you've been around church a while you've seen these elements every now and again and It's just the thing we do. But it's the beginning. It's a new beginning. And it's a new invitation to say, God, nothing... You know, there is nothing that we could do that makes this work. It's everything he did. And so, um, as we take this this morning, I just um, want you to invite him to actually begin afresh... Because even as you know, you make a decision, and then you you walk a little bit, and it gets a bit gets a bit hairy, and maybe you're not on the path you were when you left. Do you know? Um, <laughs> I did outdoor education at uni, and we had a um, <laughs> one of our assessment tasks. ...that most people failed on was their navigation exercise. And if you failed that, that was it. Like you got two chances and you're out. You're out of the course, you're not doing it again. And it was because if you're out by one degree... ...on the bearing that you're following... ...500 metres down the track... ...you are way off course and you cannot even see... ...what the intended place was that you we're going for and so this is an opportunity for us to be on track facing the right direction going after the right things and God actually revealing to us um, what he wants for us and so um, I'm going to pray in a minute and if I, I just encourage you to ask him what he wants to show you this morning so, Jesus, we just thank you for your body broken. We just thank you that it's the beginning of a new story. We thank you it's the beginning of life, not the end of life. And so, Father, we just thank you that even though it was a um, an unemotional decision that that guy made on that cross, that the thief made on the cross, that it wasn't about how he was feeling, but he knew that you are the saviour. We're the same today. It's not an emotion-based decision. We just know that you are the risen Christ. And so we thank you that as we um, agree with that, and it says in Romans, as we profess with our mouth that you are Christ, that you come. And so, Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place this morning to change hearts and transform lives. You can take the bread. Yeah, Jesus, we just thank you for your body spilt, your blood spilt for us, for the forgiveness of our sin, that we might continue to walk in the righteousness that you said you paid for for us. And so we take up that righteousness this morning. And we wear it (laughs) to testify of your victory that you rose from the grave. In Jesus' name. Amen.
3: All I can say is Jesus is alive. Um, Jeff mentioned the conduit um, or a pipe. And that um, conduit usually has electrical wires going through it. And um, a pipe usually has water running through it. So are we going to have God's power walking with us every day and having his word with us every day as we walk um, this week? So um, notices, there is a prayer meeting on uh, Wednesday at 7.30 here, so um, fall. And there is um, no, uh, the regular agendas that we have on the Monday and Tuesdays and right th- through the week because of school holidays. Um, and also there is a church camp coming up. And the cost of that is $100 per person. Kids under five is $50. Um, Please start planning to come along. We'd love to see you all, as many of our church family as possible, and we are believing for a significant time for a life of our church together. And registration is now open uh, on the church website. Payments can be made by the credit card and cash and um, by the Kingdom Coffee desk. Um, We have a church Facebook page too if you want to go on that. Um, And if you're not, see Mel or Coral and they'll put you on it. Um, And also there is Hot Cross Buns. Um, which will be, do you want to say what's, are they coming into here? And the Easter egg hunt, we'll meet meet outside all the kids for the, (laughs) for an Easter egg hunt. Um, And good morning, we still morning and um, have a great week.